2: life's busy take this deck there's heaps to do on it like um polishing off this wine that's tough life's pretty good with a trex deck composite decking with no hard maintenance trex the world's number one decking brand
1: it's time to cast off on a new adventure this is real adventures with patrick dangerfield and aaron habgood
2: for bf goodrich celebrating 150 years Hello and welcome to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich. Celebrate the 150th anniversary of BF Goodrich. Get up to $150 cash back when you purchase four or more passenger or SUV tires. Redmond, it is our grand final edition. We do one every year. A little bit different this year. Finally, the cats are in it.
0: Oh, I tell you what, Pat, last week I was that excited after the cuttery got up and we are I'm saying we, because we're all a part of this package, us Cats fans here in Victoria (laughs) and around the country, because i tell you what, Gil McLaughlin getting the AFL going this year has, I reckon, saved a hell of a lot of people with COVID in Melbourne. I appreciate the whole team there to get get into where we are now with the grand final being this afternoon. And Patrick, thank you for giving us your time, because extremely busy, a lot of pressure on yourself tonight, as well as the whole Cats team. How are you feeling, first up? Because... uh, I'm excited and
2: nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Feeling good. It's been a a great week. It's been certainly a different week from what it normally would be uh, had we been playing at the MCG in Victoria. Obviously, there's the parade and all the different things that happen throughout the week, Brownlow Monday, um, et cetera, et cetera. So being up in Queensland, to be honest, it's just been like a, a normal week for us. As as strange as that might sound, because it's not a traditional football state, um, it's businesses. It's just, it's weird. It's just usual. But whereas, you know, a lot of mates have sort of messaged me in and sent me photos from what Geelong looks like, and the the town's gone mad, which is great.
0: Well, I'm going to have to get my scarf out on the letterbox today, Pat. But no, it's a very different Grand Final, too, not just from what you've just stated there with the parade and the likes, but also the fact that it's the First night grand final. Now, just a couple of things off the top that I know is Queensland is known to get very dewy at night. Now, I know there's going to be a little bit of wind this afternoon because I had a little bit of a look. And I know last week when you uh, played uh, footy that it was quite dry due to the wind. Uh, so you didn't actually have the jute. It's looking like it could be very similar, but who knows what's going to happen tonight. It could just change rapidly. You know, me, Fishman, should know his win, but probably doesn't. But how are you seeing this night grand grand final work in itself, uh, just the whole actual atmosphere, everything coming together all in one hit?
2: Well, I think the AFL and everyone involved in setting up the grand final has been hoping that this huge thunderstorm system um, <laughs> holds off until, you know, at least 11 o'clock tonight or, or tomorrow. So we'll see how that sort of pans out throughout the day. Because you're right, as it does get uh, later in the night, we've experienced this in a few different games that we've played, it does tend to get a bit chewy. And for one reason or another, I cannot explain why, and I've been told that they are the exact same paint that goes on the ball, but it does feel like the yellow footy gets wetter, the surface gets wetter. Mate, um, I couldn't. What a I, red Sharon
0: does. I could not agree more with you. And I obviously don't play AFL, but I have played a fair bit of footy for my whole life. And obviously, when we train, we use the yellow footies at training. But yeah, I agree. The yellow footy—I've never even heard you say that before. Definitely feels wetter than what it does. to red footy.
2: Well, we've spoken to Sharon. It's exactly. <laughs> it's, it's all exactly the same. But you know, you can call that for what it is. Anyway, you are going to be our resident Mike Sheehan this morning. You've got a couple of questions you want to fire away, Aaron. Well, let's Grant get... Mike, obviously retiring next week. So, who knows? You might be
0: replacing him. <laughs> I don't know if I'm smart enough for that, but I'll give it a go, Patrick. I might stick to my fishing. But how do you set yourself up for the week? Uh, your preparation, taking your mind off the game. I know that you mentioned to me that was an important thing during the week. There's so many different attributes to this to, to get yourself ready for tonight's game. How do you prepare yourself? Uh
2: In terms of taking your mind off the game, I've found that next to impossible because <laughs> this is the one thing that, as a kid, I've always dreamed of and, and our guys are the same. So um, you try and do things, I suppose, that take your mind off it rather than trying to think about other things. So, um, you know, whether that's going down the beach, playing pool, we've got a little basketball court set up uh, at the Mantra at Southport Sharks where we're staying, which is good fun to sort of play around with. And then, um, obviously, those guys with kids um, you know, they keep you busy enough as it is, but it is, it is extremely hard to sort of, um, you know, keep your mind from, from drifting away to the, to the what might happen and, and the grand final, which is obviously this afternoon. So, um, it's been a, a great week, huge build up, but when I say huge build up, it's more probably knowing that the game is huge rather than necessarily, you know, having the brownlow on um, Monday night, which we didn't. We just had a, a pretty low key affair. Um, on Sunday night, and then no parade, obviously, with, with how it fits with COVID. So it's been pretty relaxed, and the focus has simply been footy. We had our, our main session Wednesday night, um, which we've sort of done throughout the year for, for every night game. Um, and we feel we're, we're well placed. You know, we're, we're excited for what's ahead. We know the challenge um, is as great as it can possibly get. Richmond have been the best side over the past four years, but For us, it's about why not us?
0: Did you uh, manage to sneak down to a river and try and catch a brim or two? They would have taken your mind off a (laughs) few things.
2: I actually haven't. uh, It's been one of, not regrets, but I just haven't found the time to to go fishing. But a funny story um, I was coming back from from training, I think it was Monday afternoon, and we're obviously staying at the same facility as the um, Richmond players. So I get in the lift and I, I get upstairs. Pick up my my washing, um, and then I'm walking back to the lift. And then all of a sudden, the lift opens, and there's Basher. He's got four rods, <laughs> and I said, sort of, "Where have you been?" He's like, "Oh man, I just needed a bit of alone time. I went for a fish. I got some drink <laughs> Well, so the great the great man Basher Hawley, is just stuck out for a bit of a fish grand final. I thought it was just sensational.
0: Speaking of the great man, my question next question to you is: How do you win this game? And let's be honest for the Tigers to win, a lot of it starts with the bashahouli setup with your Grimes and your Vlostons and the back line basically running. It all comes from basically their drive from the halfback flank to their big key forward, Lynch at Rewalt and the likes. How does Geelong stop that, influence the game for you guys to win?
2: Well, you're right. that Really sound defensively, a really well drilled unit. And Bashar is a huge part of that. Let's let's make no mistake. He's he's been a really big game player for them. And you really want to belt the crap out of him, but he is just <laughs> one of the great humans. He's just an absolute champ. But um, uh that doesn't matter once you cross that white line. So you are right, they're really well structured for defense. The midfield's um really solid. Obviously they've got some some superstars through there, and then their tall timber in Lynching. Rewild really well of their focal points. So they're really well spread and that's why they've won, you know, grand finals and being the team that they have been. So, um, for us, it's more about when we get the game on our turns, and we will at different stages, as Richmond will, it's more converting and nailing our opportunities in front of goals so we'll be to, so we're able to put scoreboard pressure up. That's a critical component to any any final. You know, we experienced that the first uh week against port when we had the momentum at different stages, but we weren't able to capitalise on the scoreboard. So that's a critical component um, for any final. So that, that'll that be a challenge in itself. But, um, you know, we play the Gabba really well. We feel like we've, we've had great form there. So it's all ahead of us. It's all uh, to look forward to. But not everything is about footy. As you just raise your hand and say you've got one more question,
0: well, I've got one and a half <laughs> questions. Uh, one and a half. This half. This is the half question. Do you find the Gabba suits the Cattery a, a bit better? As in, it's more of a squeeze sort of approach to the game rather than the MCG, which is more probably Richmond's sort of style, getting it out to the wings and running down. Do you find that suits you
2: guys a bit more? Yeah, perhaps that's, that's probably that's probably accurate. I reckon um, it's certainly closer to home. Like you, you win it out of the centre bounce and then you know, you're deep inside forward 50. You know, there's plenty of grounds out there where you win it out of the CB and if you're snapping it around your body sort of 30 metres, it's not getting outside of the centre square. Mm. You know, the difference at the gather is if you're able to get and generate really good looks out of your centre bounce, then you're basically hitting the goal square. So that's a a vital, um, um, you know, storyline in itself. You know, centre bounce wins. That'll give you the... Opportunity to play it deep in your four fifty, and then it's about retention in there because Richmond um, are really good at obviously intercept marking and then generating um, their attack from there. So um, that's a critical part as well. You've, you've been reading up on your football, room. no? How I just no, uh,
0: watching a bit. That was here? actually not even hint. You did give me a couple of questions to write down, and I uh, the last <laughs> the, the la- no, the last few have been from myself. To be honest with you, that was uh, I, I I know a couple of things or two. Last question for you. It's been. The most extraordinary extraordinary year, not just for you guys, but the whole country, I'm going to say Melbourne in particular, it's been out of control, but you have lived well over 100 days now in, let's say, quarantine, isolation, whatever you want to call it. Mate, tell us about your experiences, because you've literally lived, and I, I have seen this wall on this meeting, Skype meeting that we're in now that many times, <laughs> <laughs> because you've been in the same apartment with your kids now for a period of time, and experiences it's been out of control pat
2: it's been uh it's been a, a fascinating ride and from the very beginning as a as a team we said if we're going to do this then we're going to absolutely embrace every element every element of it because at the end of the day there's still going to be a grand final and it's up for for winning so if we're going to do all this hard work then let's make sure we make the most of it embrace every element of it um and yeah, winning makes that easier, and we've we've been able to win plenty of games this year, which makes it more enjoyable. But um, you know, from from leaving Victoria to go over to Western Australia, at the time uh, we were told you'll be on the road for a max of thirty two days. Then everyone will come back to to home, basically wherever that may be for each individual team. We'll reset and then see where the season takes us from there. Now, that was a hundred <laughs> days ago. <laughs> Ninety days ago, whatever it is. Um, so that's you know that that's been a storyline in itself. But uh, the, the way that everyone's sort of come together and embraced each other's company, it's been a, a hell of a ride. We've lived out of each other's pockets. I mean, Sammy and little son Otis. When we first left, I think he was might have been a month old or six weeks old, even less. And um, he's grown up you know, in front of their very eyes. So it's been a pretty special thing to sort of all experience it together.
0: It's funny because you haven't even met my child. It's been his six and a half months. Like, we haven't even met because of COVID. Uh, That's extraordinary. Before you do, uh, ask me a little bit about my fishing week. Is one thing that you said at the start of the year, which I did not agree with you in one bit, and I'm going to say it now, is when you said to me, this is going to be a very special grand final to win, I'm thinking, shut up, Pat. It's not. And I tell you right now, whatever happens Saturday, two great teams going on it. I'll be shattered if the Cattery doesn't get up. But if Richmond deserve to be there, I hate Richmond. My whole family goes for them. <laughs> I hope they lose, but they do deserve to be there. They they really do. Uh, this is going to be a hell of a bloody grand final. Like, I am... I am Oh, you don't understand. I'm hanging for this. Like I said, I'm nervous to you, and I wish you all the (laughs) luck because uh, you're going to need it because they are a very good side. But I think you boys can get over it, and it's going to be an extraordinary grand final to win. So good luck, Patrick. Right, I'm not even going to let you ask. My week in fishing this week was all about you. (laughs) My week in fishing this week, Uh, Pat Oya. This week was a little bit different. Uh, Not different, just not as different as such, but just the swell pat like i just can't beat this swell here in victoria it just won't stop giving in it just keeps on coming and coming and i want to be offshore and I'd, other than that i'm i don't know how much whiting is going to be left because that's all i can do at the moment pat to be honest with you uh, i wish you were here to share some No, i've been uh, i've been sharing it with my family and friends as i always do but the whiting have been fantastic pat they have been so so good the calamari were very very good now i say this every week there is so many people working from boats, not home, working from boats, because there's more boats on the water than ever. But one thing I want to speak about, Western Port, Pat, is fishing very, very well. Chris Kassar, uh, Salt Guide, works with us with Salt Guide, and Quayne Blake have been catching some phenomenal snapper. Chris got the uh, the Quaddy during the week. He got gummies, snapper, whiting, and big calamari in the one day in Western Port. So Western Port's fishing very, very well. I'd like to say offshore in the ocean's fishing great, but it's just been very, very tough to get out there. Now, the snapper fish in Port Phillip Bay, uh, fishing relatively well. We're still a little bit high regarding water temperature, but it's starting to heat up. So, yeah, things are things are uh, getting uh, pretty good here in Victoria. Hopefully, as of tomorrow Dan lets us, we had some very low numbers during the week, lets us go to the next step a week early, as he said, which I think he should, and uh, a few more people can actually hopefully escape that 25K limit from their home and be able to get themselves some fish.
2: We've got a massive grand final edition of Real Adventures coming your way. We've also, Redmond, and you're excited about this, we've got a huge giveaway. Over the next 10 weeks, every week, we will be giving away a brand spanking new Dometic CFX we can't wait for it. So every week, send in your questions uh, to our Real Adventures Facebook or Instagram page and make sure you download our app. Send in your questions and we'll be giving away uh, this portable fridge and freezer, ice makeup cosmetic fridge. So 10 of those to give away, one every week. Send in your questions. Your best question each week will be recognized and you'll get one of these fridges worth sixteen hundred bucks. It's an absolute cracker, Edmund.
0: Up next the social club. You're listening to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich. And don't forget to download the new Real Adventures app. It has all of our latest podcasts, fishing news tips and recipes. We'll see you after the break. It's time to cast
2: off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. For BF Goodrich celebrating 150 years. Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich celebrating 150 years. Now before we get into the <laughs> social club, Aaron, you and I have both been watching uh, SAS on Channel Seven, Channel Seven, <laughs> <laughs> mate. And we you have got a few comments around oh. the Honey Badger just, just going
0: to town, mate. You've—I don't—I'm actually borderline speechless, and that doesn't happen with me, me or you very often. This bloke, the Honey Badger, played rugby union for Australia. Incomings in yep. plays rugby for Australia. He's not a small bloke. He's not a big bloke. He's a massive bloke. He (laughs) is poor. Sabrina Frederick during the week. I give her credit. She is as tough as they come. So if you have not, if you have not seen this show, watch it. I don't watch reality shows. I can't stand them. This is next level intense. It is real. Sabrina Frederick gets pulled out of a lineup, and she puts her hands up to volunteer to fight, and chooses, and not, no, no, no. I'm listen chooses to fight, and when I say fight, I'm talking a headgear and boxing gloves, that's it, to fight the honey badger. Like, that is the dumbest thing, Sabrina, you could ever have done, to watch this unfold on national TV, watching the contestants behind her crying in tears, and then the SAS guy, I won't repeat the exact language what he says, goes, don't you beep and cry, don't you cry, he's yelling at these contestants for crying because the badger's literally bashing her. Mate,
2: no. I, see, I, I, <laughs> this is. I saw it a different way. I saw a twenty-three-year-old SLW star say, "You know what? I'm going to pick the toughest. I agree. I agree. here he's, he's he's ten years older. He's thirty-three. He'd be a hundred <laughs> kilos, and she picked him. She picked the hardest opponent she you did. could possibly pick. I think that showed incredible character and. Bloody hell! It was hard to watch. Anyway, I know we've sort of drifted a little, <laughs> a little bit off our um, fishing, outdoors, and adventure sort of foray. But holy crap, that is a, it's an interesting like, show to watch.
0: I too, I understand. Like she tried to prove a point that she can have. I'm going to classify it as not the most smartest move she could have
2: made on that show,
0: Pat. Uh, and then not, not then like then on Tuesday night, he tackles an Olympic swimmer. Uh, excuse me, I forget her name, but and breaks her ribs. The Badgers doing some damage on Channel Seven. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, before let's get into the social club now, Redmond, um, last week, um, early last week, uh, a paddleboarder over in uh, England oh, has yep. captured a giant, um, bluefin tuna swimming up to his, uh, paddleboard. 51 year old, uh, Derek Johnson, um, was going for a sunset paddleboard, um, when a, this large wake is sort of slowly. Made its way towards him, and instead of sort of packing his dacks, he filmed the whole thing, so you could find this on on social media. Um, and he reckons it was a ten foot long bluefin tuna that was just cruising around and doing followed a few laps around him, and
0: followed him right to the beach, hundred yards off the beach. Pat, like that's that's extraordinary. That,
2: <laughs> you would think uh, a slow wake coming towards you as a paddleboarder was something like a great white shark.
0: You're not pulling your phone out to film it. You're changing your jocks as you get to the beach. That's what you're doing. <laughs> oh, God. All right. First, first question. Yep. I'm. Is, a, it's from me. Um, for you. I'm asking you. All right, from, you from Barry today. Danger, you mentioned a few weeks ago uh, you're staying in Queensland. Very smart move. I'll give you that for a bit of a holiday after the footy uh, finishes in a few hours' time. Uh, will you be able to manage a few fishing? You're going to Strathbroke Island and the likes with the family. I know you're meeting up with a few cats, boys. Will you manage to be able to squeeze a fishing pat?
2: Yep, that's where we're going. And it's very much, um, you know, compared to some of the islands in Queensland, it's, it's not very commercialized at all. That's sort of the beauty of Stradbroke Island. So, uh, we'll definitely do some fishing in and around there. Obviously, Moreton Bay isn't far away as well. And if you head slightly further north, you've got Fraser Island, which a few of our players are going to. So we're going to probably spend four or five days there. We're going to get a little, uh, airband B. Um, we'll do some fishing off the beach and have organized a, a bit of a fishing charter as well. So, awesome. um, if anyone's, if anyone up north, got any tips around where you fished previously, please make sure you send them into our Real Adventures uh, Instagram and Facebook page because I'll be happy to take your advice and go for a bit of a fish. Uh, uh, just, Tom, just a quick red. one,
0: Pat. Did you know that Morton Bay Bugs, because you mentioned Morton Bay, is found here, in, you can find Morton Bay Bugs of a night as a pretty common in Port Phillip Bay and Western Port?
2: In South Australia as well. I
0: did know that. So yeah, it's, um, and they taste actually unreal. They're sort of like in between a prawn and a crayfish. Oh, we actually organised some for the grand final lunch today, uh, Morton Bay Bugs, because they are actually extremely tasty. Sorry, you go. Off track. <laughs>
2: I'm, I'm hosting this. But, um, <laughs> Tom, Red, it seems Western Port has more snapper uh, than Port Phillip Bay at the moment uh, from all the reports I am reading. Why am I seeing
0: Yeah, that Tom, that's a good question. Uh, Western Port fires up much quicker than what it does in Port Phillip Bay, and it's due to the depth and the way that the mud works in Western Port. So, for example, when I'm fishing Port Phillip Bay, you're trying to target that warmer water, and Clifton Springs is sort of the first area that warms up in Port Phillip Bay. We, it's quite shallow in there. It only averages, well, the whole bay only averages just over 10 metres, but Port Phillip Bay does, uh, sorry, Cryo Key, Cryo Key, Cryo Bay into Clifton Springs region to Port Arlington, it doesn't get any deeper than realistically 10 metres, other than the channel in itself, where the rest of the bay has 20 plus meters of water to contend with pushing colder water and takes longer to heat up. Western Port in the shallows, that tide goes out, Pat, like grows right out nice and shallow. And that mud, as like, these beautiful spring days that we've been fortunate enough to have here in Victoria, heats up and it heats that shallow water up in the, all those arms off the top of Western Port very, very quickly. I know that Port Phillip Bay is just over 14, just on 14, just over 14 at parts of it, where Western Port is well above 16 already. So, that's the reason that you're seeing more fish being caught in Western Port. But, in saying that, as Western Port gets hotter, it gets hot very, very fast. So... The season can shut. You will get fish throughout the whole season, but we're talking about the big numbers. Like you said, you see on, social, see on social media, the reports. You'll see Western Port soon start to taper. Not soon, but in the coming month, you'll see it start to taper off a bit and Port Phillip Bay will take over, and that's when the fish will be red hot. You've got to remember, these fish are coming in to spawn. They need that temperature up to around that 18 degrees to spawn, and when they spawn, they feed very, very hard. So... Once that temperature gets up closer to that 18, that 16 to 18, we're going to see that activity in Porthalip Bay fire up like it has in Western Port uh, Bay. So that's your simple answer, Tom, water temperature.
2: David's got the next question. Red and Danger, you spoke about soft plastics a few weeks ago regarding techniques, but you forgot to mention which soft plastics you actually use and what you would recommend. Uh Apologies. Yes,
0: we Ap- <laughs> Apologies. Uh, the host there probably cut me off too soon. <clears throat> Sorry, Pat. Um, I actually went soft plastic fishing. Uh, what was it? Start of the week and the end of the week before, Pat. I actually went on the spore grounds and I caught absolutely nothing. Once again, throw them in the side of the boat and use pilchards. No. we Lockie Cartley's a good friend of myself, he's been out there catching some magnificent Like I know we're fish. I, I know of two fish over 9 kilo caught on the spore grounds at Clifton Springs Pat on plastics. 9 plus kilo. Lockie has been catching fish from 3 kilo right up to 6 kilo and some really good numbers fish. It's been extraordinary extraordinary to see in uh, this early in the season is what I'm trying to say because usually it's when it gets even a bit hotter than 18 that they're more active on the plastics and I know the top of Port Phillip Bay Black Rock and a few other areas they're getting some really really nice snapper on them too and the plastics that we were using you I, I like to range it up we had three blokes on the boat so we had a turtleback worm on one of them which is your seven inch turtleback worm and then we also had your uh, nuclear chicken minnows just your five inch minnows and then the other, you can vary another one to whatever you like. You can go, I, I sort of sit stick between those two, but you can put a grub tail on, like a five-inch grub tail on there as well. You can run whatever you like, but anything from that seven-inch worm, I actually prefer the seven-inch over the five-inch because it's actually thicker in itself. And because we're using a bigger grade hook uh, in the plastics, that it actually, when you've got the thinner ones, it sometimes rips them a little bit when you're pulling them through. So you can actually get that seven-inch. You can cut an inch off the top of the, uh, soft plastic in itself if you want to which I do I do every time just to get it a bit smaller as such because you do get those one or two kilo pinkies that will bite it in half and take the tail off rather than actually hooking them so you can do that and that hook will sit perfectly in it so your 7 inch uh, turtle back worms You've also got so many other brands. Like you've got Z-Man, you've got the Atomic Range, you've got the Atomic Minnows. They all work really well too. So if you can get an Atomic Minnow in that sort of, uh, even white, white's a magnificent colour, Pat. You know how many tuna and kingfish that I catch on white offshore during the year, and as well as yourself. And also the snapper respond really, really well to them as well. And just a quick one, I don't know why they respond to white as such, but you've got to remember that we speak about this all the time, Pat. When you're in water, colour disappears. So anything, once you get below 5 metres, red is pretty much non-existent. It does not exist anymore. And as you get further down and down, the other colours disappear too. So if you've got a red plastic on as such, and you're fishing 8 metres of water, it probably looks white as well. Therefore, that's probably why the white works, because it's actually matching basically any form of other colour. I'll see if that explains it a bit. So that there is a little tip for soft plastics, Patrick.
2: That wraps up our social club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures Facebook or Instagram pages or better yet, download our app and send in a question for your chance. Over the next ten weeks, we're going to be giving away ten Dometic CFX threes. They're a portable fridge, freezer and ice maker. They're fifty-three liters. They are new to the market, valued at over 1600 bucks, we're giving away one every week for the best question that you send in. So make sure you send it into our social club. Uh, adrene boating destination for today. It's going to be quite quick because we've pushed the time, Redmond, but Wilson's prom, as hopefully these border restrictions continue to relax, one of the most picturesque places in Victoria will become far more popular. It's always popular, but obviously with the restrictions that we've all had. Uh, it's been tough to get down there, but Wilson's Prom. It's on the peninsula on the southeast of Melbourne. Um, it's an incredibly beautiful landscape, known for its. Um, it's certainly it, it's it's rugged look, but certainly an, an abundance of wildlife. You've got the tidal river campground. There's beautiful walks, great hikes. Um, and the fishing redman itself is about as good as it gets.
0: It is, and I know Gwaine heads down there a hell of a lot, right down to the prom, and I'm hanging to get down there. I've only been there a couple of times, but as we approach the summer months, the snapper fishery down there is phenomenal. You will get big, stonking snapper down there. You've got the islands out of the prom too, right through, there's, there's islands you can find right along there,
2: right down. Just, just while you're on that, um, Wilson's Promptory Fishing Charters, been boating some massive snapper, so it's funny you mention. I'm looking at it right now uh, on my screen. They've caught some huge snapper this week, so it's there, it's there. Well, and why Pat cut me off
0: with his little snapper rant? We've got the yellowtail kingfish too that inhabit the islands, and also top water fishing down there too. There's some beautiful reefs you can fish, and you'll get some really, really quality kingfish down there. And once again, everyone will go, "What are you going to use down the prom?" All I'm going to use is everything that I possibly have to catch kingfish because they are pricks of fish to catch at times, Pat, as you
2: know. <laughs> All right, Wilson's from our dream boating destination. This is Real Adventures, the BF Goodrich, BF Goodrich $150 cashback offer. Visit bfgoodrich.com.au for more information and find your nearest participating dealership. All aboard for Dometic. From first-time campers to hardcore outdoor adventures. and everything in between, no matter your experience level, Dometic.
0: Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's now time for All Aboard for Dometic.
2: Everything you need for adventures big or small, and today it's a Real Adventures Rewind. Our special guest this morning is marketing manager for Stabycraft, Dan Upperton, and the release of of the new eighteen fifty Fisher, which has everyone excited if you're into plate boats. Good morning, Dan. G'day guys, how are you? Going great. Now
0: basically the eighteen fifty Fisher is nearly is nearly the perfect boat for you, Patrick. You're nearly gonna have to do a sneaky upgrade here. We're gonna talk about it, but this has come off the back of the fifteen fifty being such a such a great boat and obviously your biggest sailing boat as well.
1: Yeah it is mate. It's um it's it really exceeded our expectations, to be honest. Um, in, in New Zealand and Australia, um, that walkthrough windscreen has just been an absolute um, uh, godsend from a from a feature point of view. So um, we've tried to emulate all the best stuff from the 1550 Fisher and um, and put that into a into a much bigger a much bigger uh, version of it in the 1850 Fisher. Very Great. exciting.
2: Dan, in terms of the actual design of the boat, um, it's not just whacking a new top deck on it and then here's a, a, a new model. Um, the beam is a major change compared to the old 1850.
1: Yeah, it is, mate. It's, it's, um, it is major in boat terms anyway. So space is um, an absolute premium, as you know, in, uh, in any boat. Um, so we've maximised the beam um, out to 2.3 metres. Um, and that's meant an increase in, uh, in deck space of about 25%. So it's made a... A really big difference to the stability and um, and you know just just the manoeuvrability inside that um, inside that deck for, for you and your mates.
0: Just to put that into perspective, your two point three beam. Now what what size boat? So you, the twenty one hundred is about the same as that, is it?
1: That's slightly more. 21 is
0: about 2.35. Yep. So yeah. it's,
1: so it's slightly less than the, than
0: the 21. Yep. So put it in perspective, that's a, for a little boat, part that there, and uh, we have got an 18, we've got an 18 uh, foot super cab with, uh, with Salkite. Uh, Craig runs around it. Yep. And yep. You know, it is notif- noticeably different having that smaller beam. Now this, obviously, well, comparing it to the, this 2100, which you're going to be, uh, the room you're going to get, like you said, 25% as a fisherman, as a perspective coming from someone who actually wants space on the boat to move, this is going to be massive. And this will be probably your biggest selling point because the boat you can take anywhere, literally, Pat, you could you could beach launch this, you could do anything in it, can't you, Dan?
1: You can, mate. They, um, I mean, like the 1550 and, and previous 1850 fishers, well, just about all stages, to be fair, um, they draw bugger or water. So... You can take it up um, shallow waterways. Um, you can beach it on the on stand and, and be able to push it back off again. So it's, um, it is a really, really versatile, um, middle middle size mid-range sort of a, a boat. for um, it, it is really for, for, for mates and getting out um, and getting a bit wide if they want or, or going up those, um, those shallower areas. But um, increasingly, we're seeing a lot more family um, getting into this style of boat. Yep. Um just makes it so versatile with that walk-through windscreen at the front and just throwing gear and kids and bits and pieces out the, out the front as well. Um, it's a big selling point.
2: Dan, just st- steering slightly <laughs> away from the 1850, obviously one of the things that you've done over the last 12 to 18 months has been um, not reinvigorating because you continue to bring out uh, new models of boats, but you really are continuing uh, to launch new models, how have you found the feedback in regards to the twenty two fifties, the ultra cab, and obviously the center cab that was launched? And, and we went through at the boat ramp, and I think Redmond, you fell in love.
1: Yeah, it's um, it's been exceptional. Um, we've actually it was it's been a little bit revealing. Like so, we we launched two different styles of boat there with the um, with the center cab and the traditional sort of right back screen, and then we've got the ultra center cab with a with a more sort of. A, pilot house, sort of, you know, commercial look um, on that Ford rating screen, and and that was really, to be fair, um, targeted at, at a US audience, um, but we've, we've had a real uptake in New Zealand and Australia, so much so that the actual ultra cab, the Ford rating screen, has outsold the centre cab um, in all markets, so uh, not by not huge, maybe 55-60% to, compared to the other one, but um, it's been... It's been a real revelation, um, and we're still sort of starting to see a little bit more acceptance for that style. It's just, it's a very aggressive commercial look, but um, people are really people are really loving it.
0: Now to down to the business end, Patrick. When can Pat? order one of these boats because i can
2: it's see his i'm 50 fine for me mate when,
0: when can someone i'm just trying to push him into a bit bigger boat when can uh, people actually inquire about these and start to put their orders in because it's going to be a very very popular boat uh user friendly and like you said yep. pat the size is massive
2: yep. mid range uh, it's, it's perfect shore yep. can go inside your it's yep. easy to maneuver
0: when are you uh, when is this available and when are the more details going to come out about it and where can they uh, seek the information
1: Mate, so it's all live now. Um, it's, it's gone live in the last couple of days. Um, we've got more content rolling out, to sort of show you the the uh, pros and well, there's really no cons in this boat. But um, uh, so you can you can acquire at your local dealership. They've got all the information um, with them now. So um, and we've got stock arriving on yards uh, in Australia um, over the coming weeks. Um, so they're, they're literally um, being built in, and going on the water at the moment. So just ask at your local salvage craft dealership and. They'll be able to uh,
2: sort you out. I know what you'll say, Aaron. When it comes to the cons, it's not as big as the twenty one hundred. It's not as big as the twenty seven fifty.
1: Yeah,
0: waiting for Dan to send me twenty seven fifty over.
2: Yeah, yeah. Hey, how, how far away is that new twenty seven fifty, Dan? Come on. <laughs> hey Dan, thanks for joining us on yeah. Real Adventures this morning. <laughs> and talking through Stabycraft's new 1850 Fisher. Uh, if you want to know exactly what it looks like, it looks exactly like a 1550. It's just the bigger brother, uh, and it is available now. For more information, visit your Stabycraft dealer or visit stabycraft.com. Thanks for joining us, Dan.
1: No problem, guys. Thanks for having me.
2: It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Habgood. For BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. Welcome back to Real Adventures for BF Goodrich, celebrating 150 years. It is our grand final edition and our grand final edition red kit. This week, Patrick, it is the keys
0: to selling a boat. Now, I have just purchased a boat, purchased a north, new six-meter north bank, uh, and the boys at Melbourne Marine Centre have pretty much finished. i pick it up early next week. If it, if it wasn't for the short week uh, yesterday, Melbourne guys having Melbourne, uh, the, sorry, the grand final day off, uh, that means I probably would have picked it up. So I'm getting it early next week. I'm super excited. I can't wait to post the photos, Pat, because I sent you what my dash looks like. Are you impressed?
2: I am. I I cannot wait to,
0: it's, uh...
2: to see it. Love how it's all the flush-mounted electrics. it just looks sensational.
0: Yeah, and back to what I was saying, got carried away because I'm a little bit excited for it, to be honest with you. Selling a boat, there's so many different attributes to doing it. It's about getting the right photos, I believe, as well as just not talking crap, Pat. There's so many people who read out there and they write this massive list of every single thing it has on it. Like I understand what you're trying to do there, but... When I'm looking at that, I'm not looking at every fine to the millimetre detail. I will then come and assess the boat and look at those things. Uh, sailing a boat, make sure your photos look good. Don't go out there on a dull day and take photos of them in your driveway sitting there doing nothing. Take them down at a boat ramp or on the water or even take... You know what I reckon is a good sailing point, Pat, is actually getting photos like when it's actually doing performing. like It's not just sitting still. I like to get it on the water. It looks good. You can see what it's doing. And of course, at the boat ramp or somewhere where there's water or sun behind you. Do I see you throw your hand up there?
2: Uh, yeah, I think when it comes to the photos, actually taking like a small ladder, because boats always look better if you give the photo a little bit of elevation as well. So, clean your boat, for starters. No one wants to see any fish pictures of you advertising your boat for sale. Like, <laughs> that's not what we're there for. Well done. You can catch a fish. Terrific. Good for you. But... I'm here to buy your boat. Keep it clean, like you said. Um, angle the photos. And with how easy it is now with uh, websites like Boat Sales to upload videos, take a video of your boat. Go, mm. up, go, Take us for a walk through, especially with the restrictions that many Victorians, different in, in obviously SA, you can go wherever you like and uh, other states around the country. But put a video up mm. and you can walk through the boat. You can see exactly what it's like. Um, and then you've got, rather than tie kickies, you've got more interested people that come in and go, yep, this is actually what I'm after. I'm not wasting your time coming and looking at your boat and then going, oh, it's not really what I'm after. Then when it comes to advertising uh, your boat, I've always found it's better to spend the money on a website like boat sales. So yeah, the last one, I, I reckon it cost me 300 bucks to post up there. But you do get less of the people trying to screw you down for prices if you use, say, Facebook Marketplace, or whenever I've used Gumtree, it's it's people looking for bargains versus I reckon on 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 boat sales, they're there yeah. for a reason. Get they understand serious- what the yeah they're serious buyers. They understand the boats and, and what the market value is for. Them. Um, and lastly, I, I definitely agree. You, you, it doesn't need to be every single thing that your boat possibly has, the what millimetre carpet you've got. But with things like electronics, going to detail. So people can actually look them up on Google. They can find out what their value is. If you think it's adding real value to your boat, or that's a reason why your boat's, you know, a couple of grand more expensive than a than a uh, than a competitor's price on boat sales. That, or that's on, a key point. Um, Gum
0: What you just said there. Now my boat is going to have everything on it, and I've sp- I've bought everything. Pat. People go, oh, you got it all for free? No, I haven't. I have bought it all. Now, when you go to sell it and you go to buy my my, my boat, when I sail in say a few years' time, when I want to upgrade, which I will do, just because that's what I'm going to do, I'll keep changing boats over. That there is a key element to writing what you've got. I'd rather I'd rather know that I've got a a one seven five kilowatt transducer than a light that's sitting back on the bottom of the cabin. Like I just, they're the things I'd go to the effort to, because that light isn't going to make you, isn't going to show that you've got that ten grand difference when you've got all your electronics put together. Does that make sense?
2: And lastly, and I'm going to add the flying gap into the tip, be honest. You don't lie when you're advertising your products that the boat is in as new condition. You get there and it's absolutely scratched the buggery. It's been water damaged and there's fading on upholstery. Be honest because people see through the BS, So especially if they're going to come and purchase the boat. Yeah. So you save everyone time by just being honest with what your boat actually is. It'll sell itself if it's good enough. So a mixture of tip of the flying gaff, We're going to
0: leave the show here, but before we do, Pat, I just want to wish you all the best for tonight. I know how much you have wanted this uh, for your whole life, to be honest with you, since you are a little kid, but I also know how much you want to do it for the boys that you play with, your family, and also us fans out there. So best wishes. Stuff the Tigers, go the Cats. I hope everyone has a great afternoon. If you're in Melbourne, let's stick to the restrictions so we can get out of it and let's do the right thing. Enjoy yourself a nice cold beer. Dangerfield, I'm putting my tip out there. Red's tip, Norm
2: Smith, two goals. Get on it, guys. We'll see you next week. Go the Cats. You've been listening to Real Adventures for Goodridge celebrating 150 years.